0: Hey guys, welcome to the 7 Figure Box show. My name is Andrew Frezza, and in today's episode, I'm sharing part one of a two-part interview that I did with Brian Costello of the O23 Coaching System. And Brian is a former gym owner. He opened CrossFit Long Island back in January of 2010. He sold that gym about four years ago and recently started this O23 Coaching System, which is a system for coaches and gym owners to work with their clients on a deeper level to master the other 23 hours of their day so I love the things that Brian is bringing to coaches and gym owners I love the topics that he's sharing in this episode I think you guys are gonna get a lot out of it and this episode's a little bit different it doesn't really have a formal intro this is the intro and we dive right into a question that I asked Brian which is why did he sell his gym so hope you guys enjoy the episode and again this
1: is part one part two will be coming soon a lot of people were very surprised that I got out And everyone, you know, thought it was like this one, this one thing. Like, what, like, what was it? Like, what made you want to do it? And I think people are normally disappointed with my answer because it was really like, it was a culmination of, of many, many different things. Um, Mm -hmm. Like no one thing really in particular, but um, really at the end of the day, what it came down to was uh, I was, I was really, really burnt out. I was really burnt. Um, I was, physically mentally emotionally just drained and you know this was all through like i said we were riding this roller coaster the whole time and i was in my you know i opened the gym when i was 23 so this was basically my entire 20s and you know as at that age i just didn't really know how to balance you know the the demands of 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 life and this was i was just Mm -hmm. so in all the time i was also you know, I was trying to run this, you know, the business as, as, as best as possible. I was also competing as a CrossFitter, uh, I was competing in another s- sport as well. Highly, you know, highly competitive. And I was just, you know, go, 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 go day in and day out for so long that I was, uh, I was just shot. I was really, really shot. And I started realizing that I wasn't, I, I, I had a lot of big boxes checked off. Successful business was getting married, you know. I was uh, performing well competitively, you know, like from an outside perspective, it was like, what, what could I complain about? And you know, if you asked me if I was, you know, I would say, yeah, everything's great. I mean, look, like you can point to those big boxes, but at the same time, like day in and day out, I was just started realizing this isn't, I don't feel good. I don't, I don't just don't really feel myself. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know how much longer I can go on like this. And then once I really once, once I turned that corner mentally of like, I'm not going to probably do this for another 10, 20, 30 years, mm. I, I, once I realized that, I was like, well, I might as well kind of get out, get out now, right? Like, no. Right.
2: Why do, it, why do it for even a few more years if it's not part of the, the 10 and 20 year plan?
1: Exactly. Exactly. And it wasn't like overnight. I, I really, from the time that I made the decision to actually exiting was at least a year, if not probably a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's not like it it happened overnight, but like once I turned that corner mentally, um, and, and felt like accepted, like, okay, this is, I'm going to to move on. Um, I realized it was definitely the right answer. I didn't have the, I didn't have the next move in mind. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have anything. Mm -hmm. Like once I knew this wasn't the plan, I was like, well, I'll have to, have to kind of figure it out. i was still young. We wasn't even married yet or anything like that. So, um, Yeah. Now That's that you've tricky.
2: had the time and space away from it is there could you summarize what contributed to that burnout
1: um yeah definitely and I, i've i've reflected you know so so much i mean i had the luxury i after selling i had the luxury of taking some, some time off at a few different points in my life now, i've taken some some kind of like sabbatical type hiatuses to and did have done a lot of reflecting um, I definitely, you know, at that age and I guess I really had like kind of something to prove, like, you know, I was young. I like, mm. I wanted to prove that I could do it. I had no business education. You know, I had none of this stuff, but I wanted to prove that I could, could pull it off. And I think I just was so, um, uh, determined to do that, that I put every, like I put myself last, my own personal like health and my own personal. Life last you know when we had for most of the time we had like between 200 and 250 members, and I was priority number two fifty one you know what I mean on that list, and uh, you know five full- time staff that were you know I was kind of trying to nurture and grow and i uh, I didn't prioritize myself properly, and then I just didn't really know how to manage those kind of relationships i I didn't have the maturity at the time to. You know, kind of treat business as business and, and personal as personal. And I, I, you know, ninety nine people rate ranting and raving about how how great everything was, but one person, you know, slightly um, uh, disgruntled about something around the gym, and that you know that would be I'd be tossing and turning at night. I wouldn't sleep. You know, it was like that kind of stuff. I just didn't really know how to manage, and uh, I just I, I I tried several times along the way. Like I, I just kind of noticed these things along the way, and I tried several times to make changes within the system, you know, within the business and within myself and take more time off. And eventually I realized like, I don't think like, this isn't really going to change until I completely change my environment and my life and and move on to the, whatever chapters next. So,
2: yeah. Do you think knowing what you know today and my guess is that you have maybe some tools and more maturity to deal with this stuff, what are the things that you have in place today that would have equipped you to better deal with that back then? What would that have looked like?
1: Um, I think, well, one, the first thing that comes to mind isn't really like a tool necessarily, but just the, um, the ability to sort of create authority and establish authority. And I was, within the gym, I was, you know, it was clear that I was, you know, the, the I guess, you know, the expert, you know, I I did all the programming. I was the head coach. I started the whole thing. I was, you know, that was my role and that's what I was, I was known for. But when it came time to like something like you were going through, like if, if, not that we did this, but if we were ever to try to rebrand or like when we tried new things and again, most of the time there were huge successes and everybody was happy, but like, I didn't really know how to create that authority of like, Hey, this is my business. This is the, here are my goals. This is what I'm aiming to do as a, as a community and as a coach and as a leader and, you know, kind of draw a line in this, draw a line in the sand of like, you know, this is, this is how it's going. This is, this is my business and my life and my goal and my mission. And I want as many people on board as possible that align with that mission. But if you don't, that's, that's fine. You don't, you don't have to, there's, you know, like I mentioned, plenty of other options within a few miles that might be a better fit for you. And, um, you know now now I I'm I'm so much more able to kind of just focus on very you know much more singular focused mission of you know helping a specific type of person people with specific type of problems in a specific type of way and like if you don't agree with it or you don't align with it or you don't whatever like that's fine but this is what I'm doing mm-hmm. this is what I'm focused on and uh, you know business is business and then at the end of the day I shut down the laptop and I I. I have much, much better ways of unwinding and down regulating and, and, and very, very clear lines between um, you know my business and personal life that uh, that helped me manage these things so much better
2: nice so was the uh, was the burnout the spark for O23, or was there other um, sparks or wake up calls that led to O23?
1: It, it was definitely a huge part of it because. So one of the things – so I I mentioned there was many, many things that were, you know, with the gym that were just wearing on me. And one of the things was that I kind of started to to notice these patterns with a normal membership, you know, gym client or membership where, as I'm sure you know, the first, you know, year or so is like they're so happy. They're over the moon. They love it. It's life-changing. They're making new friends. They're, they're, you know, pushing themselves. They're losing weight. They're bringing in their – Husbands, wives, friends, whatever—like they're 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 starting like a new half of their life for a lot of people, and they're absolutely loving it. And they have these goals, you know, I'm going to do this, this, and this, you know, whatever. And they they have time, whatever. I don't care how long it takes, but eventually I'll get there. But you know, after a few years go by, you know, the PR starts slowing down. Some of those goals they thought were only a matter of only a matter of time, they kind of realize there's more than just time to getting to these goals and, and, you know, two, three, four years in, they're maybe not quite as far along as they thought little burnt out, plateaued, um, sort of like unsure of, you know, is, is this really, am I even, I'm doing the right thing anymore and stuff like that. And, you know, I don't want to make it seem like I had this gym full of people who weren't succeeding because like, you know, mo- generally speaking, most people are having doing awesome, but, I, the, that life cycle of like only three or four years before I was seeing these plateaus or potentially downward spirals was was frustrating for me. And I felt kind of like, felt kind of, um, you know, I, I wanted to figure it out, but I didn't really, I didn't know how. Um, I did know, I did know that it, it, it was, you know, there were things coming about that were kind of beyond the general, the scope of general group fitness. Right. And I knew that that was part of it. I didn't really necessarily know how to like, so I knew that that was part of the problem. I didn't really have an answer though. You know, um, I started introducing, you know, we had our nutrition challenges that evolved to start to kind of go beyond just nutrition. Um, I even like, I started getting into things like, um, like breath work a a long, Mm -hmm. long time ago. I actually took the Wim Hof course, Like, like like twenty fourteen, I think, or something like that, before he was really well known. And I started trying to introduce some of those concepts. And I found it to be kind of frustrating, to be honest, because um I didn't have a clear plan on how you know I didn't really know the 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 process of doing this, how to how to structure it, how to systemize it, how Mm -hmm. to like really coach it. I was kind of just like spewing out information and like um thinking people would just hear it and go and do it, which isn't how it works. And, uh, I think I was just starting to realize that, and, and, and generally I was just feeling some resistance, like people are like, Hey, you know, we just want to come in and work out and hang out and do our thing. And in my mind, I was like, well, no, this isn't, you know, my, if, if like, I want to lead, I want to go beyond that. You know, I want to take these people to, to a new level and, and take this, this brand, you know, I want this brand to be associated with never ending progress. And I started to feel like that wasn't really going to happen in, in that format, mm. um, but again, I didn't have the solution, right? And I wasn't I wasn't equipped to to go to lead because I was, you know, I wasn't doing the things that I would have needed to, to ask them to do. Right. I was I was working, you know, working my ass off, staying up late, living on coffee, you know, you know, I was a fit, you know, fitness guy. I was I was in shape, I was healthy, I had muscles, you know, I could lift a lot of weight and stuff. But you know, so like on the outside it looked fine, but you know, I wasn't really doing the right things in uh in the other 23 hours that i would have had to ask them to do right and that alignment i think it just it just doesn't work if you're not if you're not living it this this area of coaching if you're not living it it just just doesn't work you know you Mm -hmm. can't you know i can still teach people how to snatch and clean even though i don't really do it much anymore but yeah you know if you're not like embracing these like holistic lifestyle um methods and and theories then you can't really turn around and ask someone else to do the same. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I I saw the problems. I didn't really have the solutions. And then one, you know, when I was then out after the gym, and I took some time off, and I really, you know, I guess the you know the the it's kind of you know finding myself, so to speak. You know, it's a
2: mm-hmm.
1: cheesy term, but it's kind of what was happening. I went on a pretty pretty deep kind of holistic uh, holistic journey and started to you know rebuild myself like i just went i went from now taking myself as the last priority to absolute first and only priority for like probably a good a good year like undisrupted like there's nothing in the world more important than like getting myself back on track and in that time i was learning so much experimenting so much evolving so much uh and and just like living more naturally living a more balanced life and realizing that fitness was so much of a, so vital, but without these other areas, you know, kind of, um, you know, not, not nearly as big of a player as I thought, you know, on its own. And then I started realizing like, this is what I would like, this is kind of what I needed back then. You know, that I needed a way to introduce these concepts and take people through these types of transformations. And, uh, one of the first things I did was, um, started working with people one-on-one again with these concepts and i had a mm-hmm. um i had a really cool setup at home i had like a, a nice big garage that was fully like outfitted and i had a sauna an ice tub and like I, I went like you know i kind of was taking people in one at a time and working individually but what i i was like i was realized okay this is the answer and i was still working with like fitness type of people right like and mm-hmm. and that's important because you know, people that are in fitness—they have a certain amount of buy-in. They want to get better. You know, you're not trying to get people off the couch for the first time. You're trying—you know—they—they right. they, they, they want to do these things. Um, they just need some help. And these are
2: these were so, old members of yours, or who were these old, first people?
1: Yeah, mostly like old members, um, just and, and other just kind of people like within just like my small circle of, of influence. Because you know, they were coming to my house and stuff, so it wasn't like a um, a huge thing but I also then realized right away then too, like I was just treating people, like people were coming, some people I was helping them with their, their nutrition. Some people I was helping with sleep. Some people were doing heat and ice and breath. Some people I was doing like corrective exercise. It was like very just non. you know, there was not really a, it wasn't, it didn't fit any of the criteria that I consider a, a systemized business. Mm. Basically I look at, always look at four criteria. Is it sustainable? is it scalable is it staffable is it sellable and and there was an it was a resou- unresounding no to all of those all of those things so like i quickly realized all right i'm on to something here but there needs to be a lot of systems in place if i'm going to like try to bring people through these concepts and have a fundamental like mm-hmm. reset and that's when i decided i had to go beyond my own house which was like a you know i was living in like a kind of like rural area of long island um so I decided to go online and then that kind of started the it started to transform into this more targeted focus of like O23, which is essentially holistic lifestyle optimization f- and for you know people who are already in fitness, right? So already bought it gotcha. So you know that once I kind of narrowed down the target to that niche and decided to move online, um that was the beginning of what it is now. It still evolved quite a bit from there, but that's that was how. It started.
2: When was that switch where you uh, you ran it through the four S's and realized it had to change? What what are we talking about? What they?
1: Um, so that was about last winter, um, I, I, like last December, January. I'm like, all right, you know, people are coming. I'm I'm making some money, but like like you said, none of this stuff is going anywhere. I can't do anything with it. Uh, so February first of 2019, 19? yeah twenty nineteen, I officially was like, all right, I'm going online, and um, learned a lot about online business because uh, realized, not not realizing that uh, online coaching, especially as far as sales and marketing and all that stuff, is very different than online. Uh, excuse me, you know, uh, traditional brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. Uh, marketing and sales uh, so I learned some hard lessons there um, but as I started to to get it figured out and I, I had a lot of help I was working with mentors and things like that I started um, you know started things started really to come together in that aspect but I immediately realized that all right I can maybe help feel 40 to 50 people a year I can put them through my system mm-hmm. and really have profound impact on their life, helped them fundamentally reset all of their, their habits and their routines and, you know, their, you know, kind of live naturally in, in this, you know, unnatural world. But if I worked with coaches instead and you know, worked with say 50 coaches a year and they each went out and helped affected 30 to 40 people a year, you know, now we're talking about a much bigger impact. So yeah, that's when I decided. Um, so I also, so that's when I decided, so I didn't mention this, but throughout a lot of this time, I was also doing a lot of consulting and stuff on the side with, uh, Mm -hmm. gym owners. I did a couple like, um, I was on a retainer for a few gyms or just did like short term things. I I didn't, again, didn't really make a business out of it. It was just kind of like doing it as needed and and whatever to, you know, again, make more money and do something I, I knew I could help people with. But then I started realizing that, um, if I worked with coaches, I could have a a major impact, but they also needed now to learn how to do, you know, teach these systems, these, these health theories, and also learn how to, you know, build a sustainable independent remote business or a business that could be within their gym, but like turn it into something that could actually make money and be profitable or else they're just, they were going to be in the same bad position I was in when I started.
2: Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you spent most of 2019 Uh, building your own book of business but then also simultaneously figuring out a way to systemize that for other coaches is that about right
1: yeah that's pretty accurate and 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 to be honest with you i i i made that determination pretty quick that just working you know B 2 b2c like uh, two consumers directly wasn't going to get me very far and pretty much like Worked with the clients I had until they were done. I, I stopped taking on new clients pretty early,
0: mm. and
1: then continued to build to make it more B two B. But that took a while, you know. That so there was very uh, probably a good eight months or so where I was just focused on building out the business where I had no I had no clients or or income. But you know I was doing what I knew was necessary to build a a, a system a structured system that could be you know, m- meet that criteria sustainable yeah. scalable scalable sellable stuff like that so where'd you
2: get that from is that something that you came up with on your own or you got that from
1: yeah that's something I, I came up with on my own and it's something we teach in the course as well it's just it's a little checklist and it's easy to remember you know the four s's of streamlined or the four s's of systemized whatever um and every time so the thing was, when i was while i was doing this it was really helpful because um, every single thing I was doing during those eight months, I was okay not having clients. I was okay not having income because I knew everything. I was I, I wasn't making any decisions. I wasn't doing anything that couldn't be scaled and staffed and, and yeah. expanded. Right. So it took me more time to do it that way, but I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be the limiting factor or the, or the ceiling. So, yeah. Um cool. I, I, I I invested more time. I lost more time up front in order to now you know now we can be at full throttle.
2: Nice. Cool. I wanted to highlight some of the things that you touched on as you were talking. Um this sure. re- recent point was you know this ability to help more clients by helping coaches and you know obviously you have an online business that has sort of the sky is the limit of what you could potentially accomplish. Doesn't mean it's easy, but if you do get it churning um you know you could reach a lot of people pretty quickly. And there's, there's no physical limitations to what you can do. But I think a lot of gym owners, a lot of gym owners that listen to this still have trouble giving up some of the tasks that they do Mm. on a regular basis to their team, even within their own four walls, and they become the bottleneck within that. And Mm. that could be, even though they might not have aspirations to have this massive online business, it is still the bottleneck from them being able to help several hundred people instead of. 50 to 100 people, you know, and, and a lot of times, they're, because they know they're a really good, effective coach, that that also is what anchors them to a lot of these things that limit them from helping more people um, mm-hmm. on a local mm-hmm. level. Um, one of the other things I want to dive into was sort of this life cycle of the client. Um, you mm-hmm. touched on it where if you're doing it, if you run a good gym, the first 12 to 18 months is like bliss with the client. You know, the Mm -hmm. client loves you. They're seeing all these PRs, they're seeing progress, they're referring friends, all these different things. And one of the things that I always noticed when my, when I first got into this was I knew a client was going to be successful in that 12 to 18 month gap when their aesthetic goals started to shift to performance goals Mm. is when they were no longer so concerned about how they looked in the mirror and they were excited to get their first pull up, their first rope climb Mm -hmm. PR a snatch. So I, I always saw the performance based goal as a very positive thing in those early stages when the client made that mental shift. And then I think as you kind of alluded to though, as it becomes harder to achieve that next performance goal, right? Or a lot. What I find with a lot of clients is they just have a very small, narrow focus of what equates to a performance goal. A lot of them only see being able to PR their lifts as a performance-based goal. They don't even, even sometimes they don't even give themselves credit for, you know, benchmark uh, PR in a benchmark workout like a Helen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same way they would adding five pounds to their snatch. And as people age, and as they get, you know, things become become harder, it just becomes harder to get those performance-based goals. So I kind of had this uh, light bulb moment that maybe at some point people shift from aesthetic to performance, but at some point they have to shift to more of a lifestyle-based goal or more of a holistic-based goal in order to get the next sort of evolution of themselves as a client. Is, is that something that you see? And is that where uh, O23 can kind of step in?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. Like you said, the, the performance goals, you know, they start to slow down, especially because, you know, clients are coming in a lot of them, many of them as adults, and they're only getting older
2: throughout. (laughs) Right. They're not 17 year old, 17 years old, and they have 10 years of you know, straight up. Things. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So, um, and then, you know, we get caught up in the, in the numbers, which is a topic for another time, but you know, it, it's natural. We all do it. It's part of what we do. It's part of what drives us is, is the quantifiable measurable results. And, um, I think that, you know, as they start to slow down and as people start to kind of get discouraged and, and, and frustrated by not being able to hit these goals or they're more infrequent, um, one of the, the issues that I think is very common in the industry in general is to think that, um, uh, you know, a le- you know, lack of performance in fitness can only be fixed by, you know, more fitness or different, you know, so like, you know, clients, uh, I think a, a natural evolution in their mind is to graduate from, you know, general group classes to like a, you know, personalized program or competitive level program, or just like a you know, whatever, squat cycles, bar, you know, Olympic cycles, endurance cycles, whatever it may be, and just kind of be like more and more and more and more fitness, and many mm-hmm. times, many times, you know, that alone is just now overdoing it, right, or they're just like, again, they're still just ignoring this kind of low-hanging fruit outside of the gym, you know, they're, they're essentially stepping over dollars to pick up pennies, you know, they're like, they're so hyper-focused on these like, you know, super detailed reps and sets and percentages and this and that. But like, you know, there's something as important as sleep is essentially neglected, right? Which is, mm-hmm. so the um, educating a client on how the, those performance goals can actually be attained through, you know, outside of the gym and how that might even be more of, uh, of a factor is a, is a big, you know, it's a hurdle for some of them to get over mentally, but can be uh, an awesome first step into having them to start make some, some really profound mm-hmm. changes. And one of the rules, uh, one of this, this little like rule of thumb that, that I kind of use, and it's very general, but uh, the rule of two plus two um, is, if the client has been a member of the gym for more than two years, but like stuck essentially for more than two months, then the chances are that they it's not a fitness related issue, right? Or it's, it's a real issue that goes beyond just fitness. And one, uh, there's actually another part to it in the program. We say two plus two equals four. The four is the foundational four we talk about, which is food, sleep, movement, and mindset. So if it's two plus mm-hmm. two, the answer is in the foundational four. Um, it's just kind of like a little, you know, like I said, gen- very general rule of thumb, but uh, you know, it doesn't have to be five years down the line before they're like, Oh, maybe I should start paying attention to, to these other things. You know, it can be, should be pretty soon. Does that yeah. Answer have your you had,
2: yeah. And have you had trouble, um, convincing coaches that this is important or is it more, is it harder to then convince the client that it's more important? What, what do you see as the bigger barrier right now?
1: So to be honest, I don't. I don't know if I've met a coach yet that hasn't been like, like immediately drawn to the idea as a good idea, at least, you know what I mean? Like, like this just makes sense, you know? Well, the
2: ones that are coming to you are the ones that are connecting with the idea. Yeah.
1: Right. So that's, yeah, most of the people I I talk to this, I'm sure there's coaches out there that think it's not a big deal, but you know, I'm not spending much time talking to them. So most of them see, see right away. Like, okay, this is, this makes sense. Um, most even agree like the biggest gap for the coaches is that they don't know how to they don't know how to do it like they, they know it's important but like what do i do how do i structure it? what would i do first like you know is this something you know like i'm just not sure what to do like they even many of them feel like they have a, a lot of value to offer you know they'll put a mm-hmm. blog post or instagram posts about nutrition and sleep and the benefits and all that stuff in there but you know just like in the gym we use systems and structure and sequence and, and accountability and assessment and all of that stuff. Trying to, you know, they, they just kind of trying to um, just like kind of blurt out information on this other stuff without any of, that, of, of those right. foundations is, is ineffective. Um, but to, to continue to, to answer your question, the clients I think are a little bit of the harder sell because yeah, um, you know, we're essentially—I mean, just like just like anything else, where even in fitness, we're kind of—you know—as coaches, at the end of the day, we kind of we sell hard work, right? We sell—we, you know, we're selling something that we we're asking them to make—you know—give up things that they like, do some things maybe that they don't like, have some discipline. Like everybody knows deep down, at the other—you know—at the finish line, you know, where my goals are, you know, th- those things are all standing in the way of a lot of things mm-hmm. that I would need to change and. I think people want to dream of a reality where I can just go in the gym every day and bust my ass and it'll all work out. And I, and I don't have to give up that, that, you know, ice cream after dinner and I don't have to give up those Netflix, late night Netflix and, and whatever it may be. Um, so I don't think the clients are like not bought in on the importance. It's just like, they maybe don't quite see how valuable some small changes can be. Like again, they don't see how it's just such low hanging fruit that can have such profound impact um, without having to really make it feel so disciplined and restrictive. And that's where the education yeah. can be showing them that it's not all about sacrifice and discipline and rigidity. It's about just aligning everything, living more naturally, just aligning with the laws of nature and, and, and then how that's actually enjoyable because the body, you know, wants to do those things We I mean, we are more like allowing it to do those things. And so that's, that's definitely a more of a hurdles for the coach to educate the client on. And how,
2: how do they best accomplish that? Is that just pumping out content on the importance of that stuff? Um, how do they, how do they get clients over the hump?
1: That's that's part of it for sure. Um, So first of all, you know, again, the coach has to be, the coach has to be living it and they have to be bought in, right? They have to be kind of leading from the front and creating a culture. You know, the culture of the gym has to um, reflect that this is a a full spectrum service, right? And uh, a lot of coaches in the program have recently told me how it just feels so good now to just be able to feel more confident and, and sharing with everybody like, Hey, this is, and a lot of them are using the COVID situation to again, make a change that maybe you would have some resistance. And now that this is, you know, this service isn't, it's not really just a gym. It's a, it's like a health and performance center. And we're going to maybe just like in this building, we're going to focus mainly on fitness, but as a client, you're going to, it's expected that you're going to be looking at the whole picture and we're going to be looking at the whole picture. Um, so that, that starts, you know, the creating that culture and and leading, but from the front and leading by example, which again, which also doesn't mean you have to be perfect, but you have to be, you know, trying, um, and then, you know, just like, I think most, so like most people that come into a CrossFit gym, at least, you know, if they've never had previous exposure in their mind, fitness is like, uh, you know, coming in, they think like, you know, fitness, they think like, you know, if I just go do cardio every day, like I could be pretty, pretty fit and healthy. Right. And as they come into a CrossFit gym, we sort of educate them on like, well, no, there's actually there's strength, there's endurance, there's balance, there's speed, agility. Like there's, there's multiple components to this. Um, it's kind of the same process here. You know, it's like, Hey, and, and nutrition, you know, everyone kind of knows nutrition, you know, you go outside of the gym, like, all right, nutrition is a big part of it. Like, Yes. But nutrition alone is like saying cardio alone is enough for fitness. Like nutrition alone is, it's just a part of the puzzle. You know, there's, there's the sleep, there's the mindset, there's the stress that comes with it. There's designing our habits and routines and our lifestyle. And uh, it's all part of a bigger picture. So I wish you could like have one simple and easy way to, you know, educate them and turn them on in, in one snap of the fingers. But no, it's going to take a little bit of, you know, kind of dripping education and and having some uh, resources available, giving some talks, etc. That just kind of spark mm-hmm. con- get them to ask more and spark conversations.
2: Is it? And with the coaches that you're working with and seeing, are most of them doing it remotely? Are they taking a? Are they doing it in person with uh, an existing gym membership base? Do you think there's an ideal way to do it? Maybe it's a better question.
1: Yeah. So. Uh, it's a, it's actually it's about half and half. I have a I have coaches that are fully completely online, or remote, with no other business. Don't actually have a book of clients that they do fitness programming with. Um, then I have others online, but they have already their fitness clients. Now they're you know they're to, they're going to have this other offer, and then they I have several who either own a gym or head coach at a gym or something like that. So we have when we when we in our sales and business section of the course we sort of have like two little tracks depending on if you're working with fitness clients in person that you already uh, have that relationship with or if you're you know basically marketing to strangers but um either way we teach them to build a program that can be remote at least can be remote if they wanted to so it's um basically entirely hands-off like There's the only, you know, the coaching is all communication based. So you could do it in person if you have an affiliate and an office and a nice place to sit and talk, or you could do it completely, um, you know, through Zoom and virtual, which, you know, even before COVID, I was kind of preaching is a good idea. Uh, Now, you know, know, no one can really argue now that that should be, uh, again, built into any kind of business models, the ability to do it remote. Uh, so some guys, you know, some, some guys and girls are, are using it as a chance to, you know, be remote and take advantage of that and travel and, and have a business that can travel with them. Others are sticking with the, uh, you know, the, the sort of brick and mortar that they already have, but doing it remotely is a big part of it. And one of the, one of the keys to that is um, really creating a, a systemized structured sequential flow for the client with a, you know, specific start and finish, kind of date and um you know uh, building out a lot of the content as like pre-recorded pre-recorded content and uh, to cover a lot of the general education and then highly individualized coaching calls to cover the execution so you know gotcha. most people you know most people that their problems may have ranges but they're going to be rooted in a lot of the same fundamental concepts and mistakes so we can cover a lot of that ground through pre-recorded content without having to spend call, you know, multiple calls and stuff like repeating ourselves over and over. But then when we do get on the phone or whatever it is, we can really go hyper focus on how it applies to them, what's going on in their life, where they need to the help. And so it's super individualized on that side.
2: Nice. Now, are you providing those videos for people or do you recommend the coaches build out, you know, is this like a teachable course that they're creating or a Kajabi mm-hmm. course that they're kind of creating? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, are they, you providing it or are they building it out or is a little bit of both?
1: It's So ultimately they build it out. Ultimately, you know, what we do you know, we're teaching them to build their own like signature system, right? Like this is your, your main offer. Um, the holistic lifestyle, you know, optimization concepts are obviously at the root of that because if you're trying to help anybody look better, feel better, or perform better in any way you know, at least our theory is that it needs to be rooted in holistic lifestyle. Uh, but then we teach them to, you know, incorporate a lot of their other areas of specialty that they've learned over the years. A lot of people who have done like active life or OPEX, several of them mm-hmm. are in our course or implementing these types of things. Um, and you know, we're teaching them to put like kind of all of their, their best work into one place. And then yes, ultimately they would record the content themselves. we, we give them, you know, we, we guide them through this process of building the course, but ultimately it's them like their, their clients will never see my face really. You know what I mean? It's gotcha. we're helping build their pro- It's not just a plug and play. They're going to use our concepts to build into a bigger program. That's, that's, you know, they usually eight, 10 or 12 weeks, but they ultimately decide uh, we do teach to, to enroll at high, you know, higher ticket value, but ultimately they kind of, you know, they decide the price, you know, we guide them in all these things, but they're building it.
2: Cool. So you, you recommend a defined block of time, eight to 12 weeks. So they're not just trying to sign up on a one-on-one ongoing client. Although I would imagine that once someone gets through their eight to 12 weeks, they could become a a one-on-one client. I'm guessing that's an option for a lot of coaches that they want to have. Is that the structure that, is that how you, you like to see it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like, it's actually incredibly important part of the uh, process. And what what a lot of coaches currently do now, where they kind of have this, like, whatever, it's 200 bucks, month to month, you get, like, you know, a 30-minute call each week or a check-in. That's something that we recommend, you know, similar that style, at least recommend to what we would call, like, an extended support for someone that's already gone through your, like, immersive coaching, right? But. Uh, We think it's very important to have this clearly defined systematic approach that we can guide a client from start to finish through this fundamental like transformation where we're essentially taking them step by step through, um, you know, kind of like the, the end point is like their new, their new day one, like their new, like they have full um, understanding of these concepts. They understand how they work together. We help them develop, these, you know, we call them practices, you know, so we're not giving them templates or meal plans. We're helping them develop these practices that will always be evolving and growing, but they know where they are. They know how to re 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 uh, correct course and get back on track if things go wrong. And we're essentially coaching them not to need us anymore, but we have options to continue to work with them with us, obviously on a, you know, you know, then they would move towards like just more of a check-in accountability um, type thing. And, that helps tremendously on, on the effectiveness of it, that they're fully bought in. It's very immersive. It also brings tons of clarity on the sales process of like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, we start off in phase one. First, we're going to be focusing on X, Y, and Z for the first, you know, three weeks. Then we're going to move into phase two, which is going to be blah, 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 blah. Then on phase three, we're going to go into this, 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 and this, and everything that they're going to get along the way. So a client is very, it becomes very crystal clear on, you know, the purpose of it, the process of it and the payoff um, as opposed to just kind of signing up for this general, like, okay, we'll start working together month to month until, you know, until some point until you either like quit or like, you know, whatever, like there's no clear defined finish line. they are not really sure what they're getting. And um, that's tough in the sales side, that lack of clarity and you know, people don't want to sign up for things they don't know when that, that they don't know when it ends. You know, they'll pay more up front, knowing okay, maybe it's a few thousand dollars, but I know exactly where I'm going to be in, in 12 weeks, as opposed to a few hundred dollars a month that I might be paying for who knows six months, 12 months, 18 months, and I'm not really quite sure when and where I'm going to get where I'm go- where I want to go. So that's it
0: for part one, guys. I hope you enjoyed the first half of this interview with Brian Costello. We'll be back in a few days with part two with Brian, where we dive into the nuts and bolts of how to launch one of these programs, how to price it, how to structure it, and how to work with Brian if you guys want to take the next steps in doing that. So hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in a few days.